Your Bible impacted my life. That's what Liz Taylor tells her story. She was born in Sumedan, Indonesia. Her father died at a very young her at a very young age for her, and so her mother moved in with her grandparents to live. They had an uncle who was a school teacher who went through the garbage to pick up scraps of paper to make masks to supplement his income. One day, going through that garbage, he'd come across a New Testament similar to this. He took it, put it in his pocket, and carried it home with him. He started reading it. He came to know Christ as his personal Savior. Someone threw it away, but it found its place in her uncle. Her uncle started witnessing to his father her grandfather. And then she said, I remember it many times my uncle and grandfather would come together and start talking about the things that he is discovering in his New Testament. She said, I, my mother, my grandmother would go into the kitchen so we could let them alone. <laughs> thing about it is the grandmother was hearing and the mother was hearing. And they, too, accepted Christ as a personal Savior because that one discarded New Testament. But she didn't. Liz didn't take it. She didn't want any part of it. She says, I'm a Muslim. So she went to live with an aunt that was Muslim. On one of her, her birthdays, her mother came and visited, brought her gifts, and said, there's something special in there for you. She opened it up, and there was that New Testament again that her uncle had. He had she had brought it and gave it to him. She just threw it into the corner and said, I don't want that. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm a Muslim. Well, that went on for some time, living with her aunt. One night, a vision came to her head of someone telling her that, look, I came to give you rest. Seek me. She went to her aunt said, did somebody just come visit you? She says, no, no one came and visited us tonight. She said, well, where did that vision come from? She found that testament and started reading it that she had thrown away. And there she read these words in John 14, 6. Jesus said, to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Further reading, Liz gave her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only her, but her five sisters of her mother, siblings, accepted Christ also. One discarded testament that says people say, what could it do? See, we know in Isaiah 55, 11, God says in his word, his word's going to go out. But it's not going to return into him void. It's going to accomplish what he pleases into the place where he sent it. We don't just place them in trash cans, but that's what, how it reached her grandfather. You know, that's what we do around the world. Sometimes we go to jails. All the time we go to jails and prisons and place the word of God with those prisoners. 
you'll see a testimony from Perry Hawkins, one who receives that testimony. He's a church planner with a Southern Baptist Convention today because one testament was given to him. I'll let him tell his story. I was in a, uh, on my way to a state penitentiary for selling opium. They said, anybody want to go hear the Gideon? Could go to the cafeteria today. And I thought, well, I, I don't know what a Gideon is. Maybe a dog show, maybe a clown. I don't know, but I'll go. He was passing out these little, little Bibles. And I needed something to uh, roll my periwinkle. We put periwinkles on the side of the road and dry them out and get high with them at night. And so I uh, took one of the Bibles and started using Matthew and Mark and Luke. Started getting high with them. And uh, time I got to John, I figured I'd start reading after uh, the Holy Spirit was over. You see there? We carry your message to places that you don't normally go and knock on the door. We do that in 199 countries around the world. We place the Word of God in 107 different languages. So one will get, it, get a hold of it and they'll be able to read in their language. Think about that. We do that at the rate of over 80 million a year. And you can look at it this way. Every time your heart beats, Two to three copies of God's Word has been placed in somebody's hands around the world. Think about it. Go back to Isaiah 55:11. It's placed. It's not going to return it to him. Boy, it's going to accomplish just exactly what he wants to do. You know, one interesting statistic. In 1452, I believe, a man named Gutenberg invented the printing press. What was the first thing he printed? A Bible. And someone has run a statistical study of that. And since 1452, I'm not good on adding numbers quick in my head, but they've estimated between 6 and 10 billion copies of the Word of God have been sold. That's it. Think about this. Since 1899, the Gideons have placed over 2 Point three billion copies of the Word of God. Out of that 10 billion, 2 billion by the Gideons in just a little over 100 and something years. So just think about that. God's in this ministry working through this church to supply us with the Word of God. We're a family ministry. How do I mean by that? Our wives are members of the auxiliary. You go to the doctor's, dentist's office, in places like that, you'll see a Bible there. That was placed by the, our wives. To reach someone in that situation. I've got a short video that's going to show you the ministry of the Gideons, and I hope that you'll see how we're reaching out.
Ephesians 2.12 says that to be without Christ is to be without hope. To live without Christ is to live in a state of uncertainty, with little expectation of the future, and with no real solutions to life's most difficult challenges. Much of the world exists in this state of hopelessness. But to find hope in the person of Jesus Christ is to find hope in its purest form. Hope in Christ is more than a momentary respite from pain, more than a wish of things to come. It is true and lasting. It provides us with a strong and assured expectation of what God has promised, and it changes who we are and how we live. This hope is part of our salvation. It provides power for living. It gives us joy. It gives us protection. It gives us strength and boldness. It gives us comfort and peace. It gives us confidence in ministry. As children of God, we abound in the hope of Jesus Christ, daily experiencing the blessing of calling Him Savior. If we believe His Word is alive and absolute, we should not be able to contain the hope inside of us. With every Bible we place, with every scripture we distribute, and with every word of witness we share, we offer true and lasting hope in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as long as there are people in the world who do not know Jesus, who do not have hope, our work is not finished. One of the countries we're in is India what, 1.2 to 3 billion people. They got more religions than you can shake a stick at, I guess. We place the Word of God there in 26 different languages. We're going to see what happens in India. God is doing mighty things in India. We have the ability to motivate people. We have 1.2 billion people, out of which only 4% are recognized as Christians. In my youth days or my childhood days, we used to pray a lot for the communist countries, the Iron Curtain countries. And we prayed a lot that God should open the doors of the Iron Curtain country. And very miraculously, God opened it. Now we are praying that God should remove the curtain in front of the eyes of our country's people. We feel that one day God would do it and this 1.2 billion people would not go to a lost eternity. There are hundreds and thousands of temples like these in every nook and corner of this country. Hundreds and thousands of people visit them every month. They all need to hear the gospel. They consider Jesus one of the gods 
and it's just a matter of time before they realize that he is the only God. When one, what I see in India is the need uh, for the word of God. Uh, uh, people do need to know the truth. People do need to know who Jesus is. When we speak about Jesus Christ, as they are hungry to know more and they get an exposure to a better way of living in the truth of the word of God. And when we go for distribution in schools, colleges and jails, we find many people are very interested to have this holy book in their houses. Amazing the way God works. Amazing the, God, the way God chooses people and just picks them up and hands over a testament to them and speaks through the testament and brings them. It's really amazing. introduction. I'm a regional field officer with the Gideons International and I have 10 countries in the Caribbean that I work with. Now everyone now usually say that, so you go on vacation. Not exactly. I don't. I go down there to help them give out their copies of the Word of God in their schools and their hospitals. Just the same places we do here except for one thing. We can go into the public schools there and give a copy of Word of God, give a word of witness to those students. And in one country, the Gideon has to go back every week and read with the students a copy of God's Word that he gives to them. He has to explain to them. That's what he does. And it's, it's amazing to go and see all that, that it's open there so much to the spread of the gospel. But how are they going to get a copy of God's Word? Because you supply it. I could tell you of more testimonies of young men who come to know and women who come to know Christ in certain situations. And in a minute, I'll show a video. Not yet, guys. I had to tell them when I'm ready. But I'll show you a video of three people, three different people in a hotel Bible. Sometimes you say, does anyone read that? Yes, they do. Because it hits at the right time for them. We have many testimonies that come back. Someone checked in the hotel room to do one thing in their life. They pick up the copy of God's Word, and their life has changed forever. Some become pastors. Some become just regular people like you and I. But it's changed. That Bible changes their life. So we know what's happening there I want to what what do you you might ask what can we do personally to help the Gideons good carry out their mission and let me tell you we're just a part of this church we're going to the places that you normally would not go and we are giving God's word and God's inviting those people and they'll one day be sitting in a pew here worshiping with you. So you ask, what can we do? I'm going to tell you the most important thing is prayer. Pray for the, those people who come in contact with God's word. Pray that the Holy Spirit will open it up as they read it 
to the exact words that they need for that situation they're in. Pray for those Gideons in foreign lands and some of those 199 countries, I'll name a few, Syria, Pakistan, Egypt, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, Lebanon. Did I see any of that names? Those are Gideons there. Think about this. There, we can walk down the streets of Walnut Ridge and we can witness to people and ask them, do you know Christ? Or you can pray for them on their streets. In those countries, it's not quite as easy. They can lose their freedom. They can lose their life. Just because of one thing, giving somebody a copy of God's Word. But they do it. And it's unusual situations how they can do it. But pray for them. You know what some of them will tell you? Keep sending us the Word. We will get it out. Because that's what our country needs more than anything is God's Word in the people's hearts. We need men. We need men who are willing to carry out the mission that God has called us to. That doesn't matter if you're a member of this church. If you're a Christian business professional man, God's called you not only to be a minister to work here, but come work with us as we go out and do that. But it's going to cost you something. Because where you're in this country, what I call one of the richest, most blessed countries in the world, or some of our poorest countries like South Sudan and Africa, one of the most poor countries. We pay our own way. We carry your message, which is God's word that you supply to us, and we deliver it for you at our expense. Because we'll talk more about that 100%. The funds given to the Gideons International goes to ship and get that Bible to that point of destination so that someone can enjoy what you enjoy here by worshiping our God and our Creator. Think about it. That's what you do. So we need men who are willing to go. Then we, as I said, the gifts. I want to show you a short video of the Gideon Car Program, which you've got. You cannot go in this church without running into a Gideon Car display, and besides the insert we provided. So, waiting on my crew up there.
Joplin Emerson was a young man going to school, 16 years of age, on a, to his campus, the Gideons could not go into the school, so they stood on the sidewalk as he drove by in his car one day. They said, here, take this young man. He took it. For the next four years, he didn't read it because he had drugs and alcohol that was more important to him in his life. He had almost overdosed three times. But at the age of 20, he picked up that testament. He says, well, i got to find out if there's a God. Because if it is, then I'm going to be justly punished. If it's not, what have I got to worry about it? So he opened up that testament, and he read in Matthew there, seek, ask. But you know the rest of it. So he sat there and said, well, God, I'm asking you to show yourself to me. I'll give you 30 days to do it. Well, he said, where am I going to find God? I'm going to go to a church. Well, he came to a church, but that church was so cold, I like to give this description. If you put a glass of water here on the pulpit, it would have froze in July. It was just cold. No one said anything. No one talked to him. He said, just as I thought. There's nothing to it. But I did give God 30 days. So the next Sunday, he went to a different church that had the same problem there, cooling problem. Again, it was cold and indifferent. He said, but I did give God 30 days. The third Sunday, he came to a church, and I'd like to think it would be just like this one. He came in. Little old lady, about 70 plus years of age, met him when he come in to the door and said, Young man, I'm so glad you're here with us today. Joplin says, What's wrong with your eyes, lady? Because he says, I had gang colors on, I had hair down to the, my shoulders, I probably smelt terrible, and this lady's glad to see me. So he said, Listen to the pastor preach his heart out. He left that day, and that lady whose name was Nadine said, Young man, you coming back to visit with us? Well, guess what? He gave God 30 days. Where do you think he att attended on that fourth Sunday? Right back to the same place. He got a hug from Nadine, and the pastor preached, just probably like Brother Jake does, preached his heart out. At the end of it, Joplin says, I want what they got. See, he asked, he sought, and he found the one in this book. That's the people we're reaching couldn't reach him any other way but we reached him through a copy of God's word now this last video and then I'm going to be quiet this last video is going to show you three people that come in contact with the hotel Bible first would be a businessman second would be a couple that sat there wits in there in a hotel 
probably because in between jobs or lost it, whatever, but that's it. And the last one is a young lady who's about to make a terrible mistake. And all three lives were changed because this was there. Because you cared enough to get in and deliver this.